0: I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back. Now, this is very special. We rarely do this, but this is a second episode with Jocelyn Herman-Saccio. And I'm excited to bring her on because I got so enthralled with her past of like the fact <laughs> that she was in a girl band called Boy Crazy and just all the things that came up. I don't even remember what we talked about, but I, I remember know it was like
1: a whirlwind, right? It was
0: awesome, though. And I was like, okay, we got to do this again because we were just starting to scratch the surface of all this stuff that she calls unmessable. And I don't know anything about it. So, um, but we started talking a lot about, you know, how she grew up having um, just, access to personal development which most kids don't have even at 11 years old and i was just amazed by that and started to think about my kids and how i want to get them involved in that stuff really early on and we do some stuff but i'm definitely i was more motivated after the conversation with jocelyn and there was a lot of good stuff we talked about mindset wise so um, we'll make sure to get you that episode number once i have it uh in a minute but i want to dive into this whole unmessable thing so tell us what the heck does that mean and and what is that about?
1: Yeah. So whenever I say or write or whatever unmessable with, people go, ooh, I like that. But what does it mean? Right? Mm-hmm. So I start it gets, by, it, Yeah, it creates curiosity. That's for sure. It does. But it's not... I'll start by saying what it doesn't mean because I think what it elicits is sort of like this default meaning of being tough or something. And that's not what it is. It's not about not feeling... Wait, wait, wait way Before anything. you tell me, should I
0: try guessing?
1: So sure. Like a fun game.
0: Okay. So let me think when I think unmessable, like to me, that means that you cannot be messed up because you're unmessable. And so maybe that would mean you're kind of put together and like, so you have a lot of confidence and nothing's going to, nothing's going to take you down because you're unmessable. Did I get close?
1: It's very close. It's more unmessable with is really what it is. Because unmessable kind of, you know, that whole thing, you can't get messed up, you're put together is elicited by that. But unmessable with, it's like stuff can't get to you. Mm. Not so much that your presentation is put together, but... You know, it's about real life. It's not about having perfect circumstances because that would be nice, but I haven't found a course that gives you perfect circumstances. So it's more about whatever the real circumstances you're dealing with, whether it's, you know, life throwing stuff at you with your career, or your family, or your well being, or other people's well being, you know, as we get older and our parents are dealing with whatever they're dealing with, that you're able to stay in that space of creation instead of getting hooked or in the space of reaction. So you're able to keep fulfilling on your vision, no matter what life is throwing at you. That's what I mean by being unmessable with. So it's not like that tough. It's
0: kind of like unstoppable though. Like you're like, I'm on the path. Like I always say this at my events. I just had this position yourself for profits event and, um, it's a three day event. It was virtual and all that, but I always talk about like being on the path and like that if you're on the path, as long as you stay on the path, it's all about becoming like who you're meant to be. And if you're in the becoming, like you can't go wrong because if you're like, you know, they're afraid to invest in themselves and, Oh, that's so much money. How could I do that? Or I'm just, I'm new and whatever. And I'm not trying to convince anyone, but I just know that you can't really make that mistake because as long as you're on the path, if you don't believe it's the right fit and you don't think that working together makes sense and you don't like my stuff, like then obviously don't work with me. but when yeah. it comes to that, like, Hey, you have an opportunity to work with me. And like, people start getting freaked out. Like a question I have is like, is it, this, is this the path for you? And if, as long as you're on the path, like there, it doesn't even matter. Not that I, they don't get an ROI, but the ROI doesn't even matter so much. Cause it's more about the becoming like, who are you and who are you meant to be? And then the rest falls into place. As long as you keep stepping on that path and like to becoming the person You truly can be. So that's my take on it. But going back, okay, so unmessable with, it's unmessable with, I got it. All right. So, How'd you come up with this? I mean, I know your background a bit. Lots of personal development. You used to, you did uh, landmark and forum at a very young age. Oh no, you used to, you did a other personal development at a young age at 11, but then this is all just on memory. I didn't even study this. Oh I'm, God, so God I'm so, so impressed. Myself. <laughs> you know, now that I'm seeing you, I remember everything. Our whole yeah. conversation is coming back. Um, but then you used to lead landmark forum, which yes. is, which. if you haven't heard of landmark forum, it's an amazing personal development event and program. Um, so, yeah, how did you come up with this Unmessable With thing? And how do you, and tell us, like, teach it to me, like, help well, me understand you, how like to use it. Well, when
1: it got, you know, like the seeds of it. So when I was 11, my first glimpse of what I'm calling Unmessable With was my mother, because she and my father were separated and she was very much like a victim of the situation. He had been cheating on her. It was like this whole drama and she was at the effect of it, right? And then she did a transformative workshop and she came out of that thing like a totally unrecognizable human being, like a force of nature. Everything she said was getting fulfilled on. She said, I'll have a job within two weeks. She had a job. She found an apartment under the amount of rent that he gave her the parameter. She did. She was in the PS6 school district in New York. And it was like, she just was making magic. And I just was struck with the, the transformation, like going from one world to another. Right. So reaction to creation, I didn't have the language unmessable with at that time, but the sense of it was right there. So now flash forward, I was always dreaming to be a singer since I was four. Right. But there was a belief I had that you can't do your art as your career. And that messed with me like that stopped. Was that something like your parents said or everybody said it was like, well, I was with my father at five in our Chevy Impala convertible and he was smoking a cigar and he used to paint. And I noticed that he wasn't painting as much. And I asked him, why aren't you painting at five? And he said, well, you can't do your art as your career. So he said Mm, it, but it it wasn't really that he said it because he said a lot of things in my life that I didn't listen to. (laughs) You know, it's that I said it to myself. In that moment. In the
0: end, you didn't listen though, but that's how it all came together. So keep going, keep going. Yeah.
1: So that became like the lid on what was possible, that limiting belief. But at the time, it didn't seem like a limiting belief. It seemed like the truth. And I had lots of evidence for it. I had a lot of friends that were actors or whatever, and they were struggling. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to be a struggling artist. Right. I want to be successful. So I, you know, was running a company at 19 and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So go I go back
0: to the original episode to find out more about that. That's right. That in- <laughs> Or a
1: teaser, <laughs> tease, tease, tease. Exactly. But then I did a trans. I did landmark actually. Right in the my early twenties, and I saw in that transformative workshop because transformation is so great because you can see things that you didn't see before. You know, you get a glimpse of blind spots that have been limiting you. And I saw that moment when I was five, and I thought, Wow, what if that's not true? What if that's just something I decided in the infinite mm-hmm. wisdom of five? And you have a five-year-old, you know how wise they are, right? So they it's just- Super wise. <laughs> oh, wow. And you can't tell them anything, right? So at that moment, I it just loosened its grip and it became not so real. And it was more like something I made up, you know, and just, it seemed really real. So because that stopped being so real, I started taking actions to fulfill on my vision of being a singer. It was no longer out of reach. And within three weeks, I had a record deal. So for me, that was me demonstrating not being messable with by that belief that had seemed so true for so long. And mm-hmm. that's when I got committed to other people. I was like, if I could do this in three weeks from that's disappearing, insane. What? it's insane. That's I was like, insane. Yeah.
0: I want to work begin- on me. I think I need to like yes. get on the couch and like work on me, but I want <laughs> to, I want to talk about something totally not that relevant, but I still want to tell you and and tell me, tell me, I'm going to tell you, even though the world might be listening. Um, so when you first told me you were in a band called boy crazy, I was like, why does that sound so familiar? And it was like, I th- feel like my brother was in a band like that, but like, obviously, you know, then while we were on, you know, doing the whole interview, I'm like Googling you probably at the same time. And I'm like, Oh, okay. It's definitely. And I kind of forgot, like, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just mistaken. Like, obviously it wasn't boy crazy. It must've been a different name. And Anyway, then I told my mom about it. I'm like, I just interviewed this woman from, she was, you know, and I was, I was telling her, it was fun having you on the last interview. And she was from this girl band, Boy Crazy. And she's like, oh, Boy Crazy. Like, and I'm like, well was alan did alan have friends in a band called boy crazy my brother or was he in a bit and so anyway then i like looked up the band a different right, boy right. crazy not with it is yours with a k yeah exactly. okay yours the k <laughs> okay so the real regular crazy and i looked it up and i found the song and i was like i recognize this song and i'm like oh yeah my brother was in this band and then i just messaged him and he's like yeah i was in a band called boy crazy because it was like there was a, a woman who played the drums. She was very good. And then um a guy and he was he was gay. And so my brother just played, I don't know, bass or something. But he was in the band called Boy Crazy. That's and
1: hysterical. So, so I was like, wait, there's a
0: connection. There so anyways. Not that relevant, but still I had to tell well, you and I figured why not tell you in front of everybody. So they and know how All randomly that's how
1: connected that's like, you know, so random. six degrees, of se- two degrees of separation. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: But anyway, back to you helping me have everything I want yes, in life. Exactly. In three because weeks. you're a singer, um, right? I, I I would say I was, I wouldn't call myself a singer. Now I was a singer songwriter and I, you know, I didn't go very far, but I did do, I had a few albums and I thought my thing was kind of like cynical love songs. And so you know, I had a song called like, I don't want you. And, um, (laughs)
1: God, now uh, I gotta so, hear
0: these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I should send you my album. Just remind me. It. But uh, but yeah, it was it was not great, not great, but kind of hilarious, which was my thing when I was talking about all the the I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call them men or boys, but that I was dating. But um, but that's another story. Maybe you should interview me about I know. my singer-songwriter, Just start the <laughs> podcast just to interview <laughs> me about my because that's the only way I'm telling you. Otherwise, not it won't <laughs> happen behind closed. Those doors has to be, there always has to be an audience, if I'm going to talk about anything now. Um, okay. So unmessable with like, it kind of can't be messed with. Like you have a vision you're, uh, you're gonna do what you, you, you know, if you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought of this vision, if it couldn't be real, right. You wouldn't have thought of that. And I don't know if I told you this, cause I, I feel like I did say this on one of the podcasts, but, um, my daughter who's now 16. Like I remember when in our old house in New Jersey, when she had this bunk bed and she used to get on the top and she's like, I want to fly. And like, my husband, we don't, we don't say can't in our family. Like this is my husband started this. He's much better personal development than I am, but like, we have to do three pushups if we say can't in our family. And so, you know, I I wasn't going to say you can't fly, but I said something like, well, you know, you can fly in your dreams. Cause she, oh, she would say that she'd want to like sprinkle the fairy dust on us and she just want to fly. And so I just would tell her to fly in her dreams. But she was very focused on that as a young girl. And um, recently she started taking pilot lessons. Isn't that I'm great. like, well, hey, I guess she really did want to fly. You, you know, he's like, saying like, I would make me cry. Like he's saying you oh. can't do that. And so it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really um, But yeah, so, OK, so so but three weeks is a lot faster. So yeah,
1: three weeks was pretty fast <laughs> and it was miraculous, but it wasn't like mysterious because I started taking these actions. I started introducing myself to people as a singer, which at first felt like such a lie because I had no evidence. And it also felt like, you know, I still had this collapse of being a singer was like being a starving artist or being a loser. So if I said I'm a singer, it was like I was saying I'm a loser. You know, I kind of felt, I think I'm older than you, I'm pretty sure, And I don't know if you remember the show, um, Happy Days, is that before your time?
0: Uh, I do know Happy Days, but I
1: didn't watch it a ton. Okay, well, Fonzie. Fonzie, yeah, I know Fonzie. Well, the fons. The he could not say the word wrong. Like he would go, um, roo, roo, roo. you know, he I couldn't saying, say that. That's how it felt to say I was a singer. It was mm. like this atrophied muscle when I was four. I, was, I would say, I'm a singer, I'm a singer, I'm a singer. I'd sing for my dogs, my stuffed animals. I don't care who you were, I'd sing for you. But as the muscle got atrophied inside of that limiting belief, it was like weak. So it took a bit to like a practice and I would justify it. I'd say, well, I'm a singer, but I also produce television commercials because I had to like- justify or validate right, right, myself right. right but the more i did it the less i had to justify it and it became right. more and more natural and i recorded in those three weeks <laughs> three weeks and then i get this so I phone it call. i'm telling yeah. you you can't write this stuff oh you? T- get, yeah
0: you did tell me this but you tell them that in case they haven't heard the other
1: yeah so i get a phone call that you know we heard you're a singer and i'm like how on earth did you hear that one of We're the people tro- i told yeah. told them yeah. So it's not mysterious. And that's how she got in the girl band
0: boy yes. crazy, just Which, even though I wanted the teaser, but you, the, you know, there's more in the other episode that we're going to tell you what episode number may be at the end, but perhaps, or maybe it. we'll leave that. If as a I can mystery. figure it out. It yeah. might be a mystery. Okay. So, so telling so if you were to say, cause now you do it, now you've honed the craft, you kind of, we could say you got lucky back then. I mean, yes, totally. it's manifesting. You basically said, here's an idea. I'm going to not just have the idea. I'm going to put my words where my my words are my, yeah. start... my mouth is actions. And I am going to start. Yeah, I don't know what the saying is because that doesn't sound right at all. Uh, money where my mouth is. That's usually what you yeah. say. Oh, yes. Yeah. Money where my mouth is. Uh, don't don't listen to me. Which I don't that sounds horrible about.
1: too. Like
0: why yeah, would we you should put we money should dive into that. I don't we like should that. Dive into that. Okay. But anyway, so you started saying things. And and also what's interesting about what you said is that it was an identity. It's an I am statement. And, you know, I know you would know, and and I don't know if those listeners would know, but like, when you say something about your identity, it's like the strongest force on earth, according to Tony Robbins. Um, And so if it's an, I am like, just like the opposite of Uh, If you say something negative, like I am stupid, it is ingrained in you because it's not just like, I have a tendency to make stupid mistakes, which also is not a nice thing to say, but saying I am stupid. It's like who you are. And you think that now this is you, right? So I am a singer. It also was like an identity shift that this is who you are. And now other people saw you that way, which of course, and I've learned a lot about building visions and thinking about visioning and, and stuff that the more you talk about what you want, the more that everyone will conspire around you, not just the universe of people, you know, to to make it happen.
1: Right. Yeah. Sharing is a huge part of it. If you keep stuff to yourself, the chances of it happening are exponentially lower than if you communicate it to people and get them in your game with you.
0: Cool. Okay. So are there steps to this or
1: but well, it, I mean there's definitely there's definitely steps and when I work with people it depends on what they're out to accomplish. But I want to also put in that it's not just about fulfilling your dreams and visions and goals because that's a big part of it, but it's also just about real life, like, you know, my mother had a stroke. Like how do I stay out of the world of reacting to that? And how do I keep in that space of creating and, you know, what am I creating out of the situation and what am I creating for my family in this moment right now? So it's not only about goals, you know which if, of course, people have goals and especially effective people and you know most people I coach are highly successful people and they're goal oriented. but it's also about reacting on a day-to-day basis. like you know when the the waiter doesn't bring you your check for a long time and you know like how do you not get irritated? How do you stay out of that space of being annoyed? or frustrated or whatever those reactions are, survival mode, you know? So Mm -hmm. the work that I do with people, it it begins with their vision, but then what gets unearthed is all that normal everyday stuff that hooks you, that sends you into that space that isn't like enlivening and magical.
0: And going to like the law of attraction, like if you're in these negative patterns and feeling mad all the time because the waiter doesn't bring you your food or feeling frustrated about things, like, and you're constantly reacting, then what are you going to get? You know, you're going to get more things to react to. You're going to get more upset. You're going to get more negativity, which I know, but I don't always do the thing that's going to not make me upset, but, but that's um, everybody, No, you know,
1: not to do this or to do this, but then we get caught up in that muscle memory. And that's the thing that I intervene in and break so that you can have strategy. So when you say, are there steps? Yeah. But it depends on what you're dealing with, what the steps are, the generic steps are, you got to be able to see it. So I have people identify what their red flags are. Like when you are in one of those messable with moments that I call them, what's happening in your body? What is the the telltale sign that you're being messable with? Are you, you know, tighten your chest? Are you shaking? Are you, you know, whatever it is physically that shows up that way you can catch it before you go too far down the road. Once you're far down that road, it's like almost like, forget it. May the force be with you. It's just got to pass. So the key is catching it quickly so that you can rein it back, shift gears into, okay, what am I creating right now? you know, I'm creating peace with my mother. I'm creating being complete with my mom. So what action do I need to take to fulfill on that right now versus getting reactivated by that? The doctors aren't handling it fast enough. And, you know, what's happening with these medical bills and, you know, or whatever it is. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was working on that with my son the other day because he, he, he gets upset about things like things weren't in line. He likes things in the way they are. He's five years old and has a little bit, I'm not going to say OCD, but like, you know, he likes things in order and he gets a little obsessed about it. And so what usually happens, he gets upset, like upset, like something like this was the pillow, like uh, the cleaners came and I don't know if I told the story already on podcast or it was the coaching call. This is the problem. Well, this is why you need to listen to every episode. <laughs> I'm telling the same story, um, but, but, uh, there's a bed, he has his bunk bed. And then next to him, there's another bed that once like a friend brought over, um, because they, they stayed at our house and they used a bed and they're like, we're going to go take it to Goodwill and, 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 or you can keep it. And it, now it's the bed that we jump like the kids jump on. So now right. it's like the trampoline play in bed, the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the play bed really. But anyway, the cleaners came and so they made it. And like he has stuffed animals and he has this like dinosaur blanket. So like with like the dinosaur head and then the arms that like come out. So, which he really liked. And so they set it up so nicely because the cleaners were here. And so there was like two pillows there and this and that, and it's all set up nicely. And, um, we moved we we moved it a little bit. And he, like, I was like, he was cold. So I took the dinosaur blanket off to put around him as a nice mother would. And he's like, he just, you could just see it. Like the frustration. <laughs> like, no, no. Like he's like the end of the world because I just, just, Destroyed this thing that was really important to him. And so, what I found with him is that, like, what the way that these conversations typically end is that it ends in a hug. And, like, so we end up, like, by the end, like, he's upset and then we kind of deal with it. And then he hugs me and then he feels better. And so, what I started doing is I start with the hug. And when I see the frustration, just like you're talking about, And it's like, okay, he's starting to get that frustration. I say, Maverick, just take a breath. Obviously we do the breath. I guess that's not obvious, but to me, like we talk a lot about the breath, but taking a breath and I said, come on, you want to give me a hug? And so come give me a hug. And like, you sit with it for a minute and try to calm him down first before he gets so, you know, crazy and riled up about it. So that don't you wish somebody would start
1: with a hug with you when you're with a like, person from the printer company, you know, it's, I'm like, just going to yeah. hug my, that's a good
0: idea. I always think about the breath, but I never hug myself when I started to get frustrated. It's okay. I love you, Rob's. <laughs> yeah. Well, a
1: hug so, does deal with the nervous system. It calms the nervous system down, but can you imagine if the customer service person said to you, okay, now hug? take a breath, <laughs> take a breath. You'd be like, oh, I'll give you a breath. Oh yeah. Right. Right. It, it is. Baby. Yeah. It's but I do think it's like,
0: it's funny that what's coming in my head is what my mom used to say, which is, has not, not too much to do with this, but she would say it had more to do with taking drugs. I don't mean (laughs) like recreational. I mean, taking like Advil and stuff. stuff. They see it really bad cramps. And she would say, stop the pain before it starts. And so my mom was a big fan of like, if you start to feel any little pain, you like put a pill in there, you know, and get rid of the pain, which I do not believe and agree with. Cause I like to have my body have, you know, like to take care of my body and not yeah. just try to use a, a painkiller. But, um, but the same principle kind of applies is like, stop the pain before it starts. You start to feel this anxiety, you start to feel this nervousness or anger, frustration, and before it escalates to actually do something differently. You're talking about creation, right? So you say create a different, it's like kind of like creating a different pathway. It's
1: creating a different pathway, a different road, but also I recommend with people pre-creating something because in the heat of the moment, you know, to you might be able to catch yourself and get to neutral for a second, but then you're right back in the soup of it unless you've pre-created something else. Because, you know, in lieu of creating something, all you have is your reactions. So I work with people to have almost like a generic go-to creation if they aren't in the space where they can actually on the spot create something, at least they have a go to
0: example of that,
1: like, you know, I had do this process with people called dream source discovery process so that people can get to the source of why they have the dreams that they have and what do they really want like if I was working with an actor and I said well what's your goal, what's your dream, I want what's to your like-
0: motivation.
1: <laughs> well, more like, what do you want to accomplish? So it's like, Oh, I want to get an Academy award, whatever. Okay. But now if you got the Academy award, what would be available that isn't available? Well, I'd be able to help people that. Okay. And if you were helping, then what would so it's like classic,
0: like sales, real sales conversations, the same thing I would teach. I mean, it's about yourself, but it's also when you're helping someone else, like you're talking about coaching, I always say sales and coaching is the same. Like mm-hmm. I just want to get clear on what's holding them back and what do they want and helping them move forward. Right. Yeah. So, drilling down to the real thing. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No
1: problem. No, it's not an interruption at all, but then, so whatever they get to, you know, it's like, I'd be free or I'd have self-expression or whatever it is. I have them start there. So now bring that to the situation versus hoping to get it out of a goal being reached or out of a someday situation happening. So it's more about where you're coming from, versus becoming, like you said before, it's like as long as you're on the road to becoming, this is more like who are you being right now as a matter of your having created it. So I'm gonna bring self-expression to this conversation versus hope that at the end of it, I'll feel self-expressed. So I have them pre-create something like that, let's say freedom or self and they come from that, and take an action that'll fulfill or express that space, versus get something out of the situation. If that makes sense, yeah,
0: it's similar to um, this vivid vision thing that Jennifer Hootie was talking about. I'm just looking up the episode. I talk about this one a lot. Uh, episode 120. She's one of my favorite people, but episode 120 back in uh, May. Um, but she talks about you don't go, you don't go too your vision or you don't go towards your vision. You come from your vision.
1: Very, very much. So
0: very similar. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. completely. Do you do that also on the other side? Because it also reminds me of like a coaching conversation I had with uh, a prosperity coach that I was working with where, you know, she would ask me, like I had this belief that like, I don't want to be wrong and recognizing that I don't want to be wrong. And like, I know how ridiculous that is from an outside perspective, because I'm like, you know, we, we all have heard, maybe not everybody, but you know, you could be right. Or you could be rich, you know, you could be right. Or you can be in love, you know? So I know like, it's not benefiting my relationships to be right. Like, I remember once I had this woman, like friend of mine say, you like to be right, Robin. And I was, it was like a fight, you know? And she's like, well, I know you like to be right. And I was like, I don't like to be right. I'm going to be right about not, not, liking to be me not right. Being wanting to be right. Yeah. exactly. So what we came to realize with my coaching was like, wow, I really have like this fear around being wrong. And so she's like, what does it mean? Like what, what happens if you're wrong? You know? And then we did a similar process where it's just, if I'm wrong, that means, you know, I like essentially like not loved or, or I don't remember how to take it through, but it all came back to like, what's the worst thing and what that really meant. And eventually it all drilled down to like me not helping people. And that's like death to me, you know, but right, it's, it stems from somewhere, but it's deeper and deeper and deeper. So do you do that on the like negative side or just the positive side?
1: What I would do with people on the negative, whatever we call the what negative call side negative, is yeah. get to, okay, well, when did that start? When was your first aversion to being wrong? and look at the situation that birthed it. Because if you can get to what happened that had you create that, I have to be right thing. Cause it's, you weren't born a baby going, I have to be right. You know, it happens at some point it gets birthed. And usually it's, you know, between three and eight or something like that, where something happens. And then as a child, we respond to that situation or react to that situation with a decision you know, and that decision for you might've been, I have to be right to survive. It's like, it occurs for us. Like if we're not right, we're going to like die or something, even though that's not real, but for a kid that's, you know, it's kind of like me at five going, well, you can't do your art as your career. It's like a forceful decision that then becomes like the prison bars of our life.
0: Is it? So I feel like both my parents are like that too. Like they, they want to be right, you know, and, and not, to a degree that it's, well, I mean, you know, it's not the best of their, you know, their, their um, characteristics, I guess, but definitely, you know, my dad, both of my parents, I feel like they, they want to be right. And they like to be right. And like, similarly, and I I can think of a scenario that I, I feel like I've talked about in coaching calls or like therapy type things of like, you know, Oh, this situation happened. Like when my, I, I went to my dad for help on my math homework and he was explaining to me, explaining to me, and I'm like, I don't understand. And he's like, I don't know what you don't get. I don't know how to show you any differently. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I just showed you. And he was like, yeah. so frustrated. And that was one of my like, oh, I, I'm stupid, but I don't know that that's a.
1: No, a I would look, on. I would look there to say, okay, well, what did you decide in that moment? When he says, I don't know what you don't get. Then what did you say to yourself or to him out loud or in your head?
0: Yeah. I don't remember what happened, but I'm, I'm assuming what I said, like it was definitely like more on the stupid side. I don't, you know, and I have other references to feeling stupid and what happened when I felt like, Oh, I decided that I was stupid, but But I don't know what happened first, but But yeah, I I think it, it was. Yeah.
1: If you have a conversation going on that you're stupid, then the flip side of that is I have to prove I know
0: True, correct. And I did my whole life, right? Like I was trying to prove that I was smart, you know? And so maybe it is because I also think I ran the pattern and I go back, go back through this sometimes when I'm like really stressed is like, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how. Like it's like when, you know, we, I don't know, figuring out, see, I just said, I don't know, um, but figuring out what to do is like, I don't know. I do it less and less now because I feel like I can figure things out. But that was definitely a pattern, like, I don't know how.
1: Yeah. And if that's your initial go-to, it started somewhere and then you just developed a compensation for it, you know, like being really smart or being resourceful or being whatever you use. Or having people think that I'm smart. That's (laughs) That's straight Straight A's. A's. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I do. (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter. See, if you are fundamentally, if you have a conversation going on that you're stupid, even though you've proven and you've gotten degrees and you've it doesn't matter how much stuff you get because It's on top of the foundation of I'm stupid. So the more you pile on it, the bigger the foundation gets. So it's almost like if people go, wow, you're so brilliant. Mm. On the inside, you're like, if they only knew, you know, Mm. you might not say that on the outside because you've got the facade. This is how human beings work. This is not unique to you or your family. This is what it is to be a human being. And I've worked with 200,000 people around the world. And no matter where you find human beings, you find an addiction to being right. You know, it's almost like they'd rather be right than happy, you know? Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So what any specific advice you give people, I'm beside obviously working with you would be the ideal, but if we all have challenges with mindset and challenges with, you know, we, we all want to manifest, you know, those things and get that stuff faster. Um, And of course it's, there's, there's just noise, right. Or there's just friction. There's things that are like, I believe also a law of attraction, like we're creating our, like creating everything, our, our, our present, our future, all those things. So how, I, I guess if we were just to do it on our own, are there some tips that you can give us, like what we can do that can help us improve that? Um, so we can n- not, so we can be unmessable with, is that yeah. how you
1: I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I would say, first of all, I don't think doing it on your own is fruitful. I mean, I don't do it on my own. I have coaches and I have, you know, mentors and all that kind of stuff. So I think that anything you're going to accomplish on your own is limited. But that being said, even listening to your show is not on their own. So they're going to have whatever tips or steps. I would start with what's your vision? What's your dream? What is it that you want to accomplish? And then look at, The second step would be to look at, okay, what messes with you? What stops you in taking the actions that are required to fulfill on that vision, right? And then I'd look at, okay, what are the red flags that are telling me that I'm about to go down that road? So what happens physically in my body You know, again, the hot neck or whatever it is that happens. So identify that. And then I'd go on a hunt for those things. So I just test it out for a week, you know, go on a a hunt for your hot neck. You know, when is my neck getting? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. When I'm in situations like this, I'm going to now know that is going to be a messable with moment for me. So I'm going to make sure I pre create someplace to go to an alternative road that I can shift to. Now, what would someone who was coming from a space of, peace and freedom, say right now, because it's a very different world than the irritation thing. But I have to say, I have a ton of free stuff for people because I am committed that people develop themselves in this muscle. So even if they don't want to like hire me, that's fine. I've got free stuff. I've got videos. I've got recordings of podcasts. I've got newsletter. I've got so much material on my website for people because my real game is that, you know, Unmessable With becomes a household name and people get to fulfill their dreams now, not someday. They actually live the life of their dreams and are empowered to be unmessable with no matter what life is throwing at you. And life is throwing stuff at us a lot more so now than ever. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a useful muscle to develop.
0: Yeah. And, and it's like a road you have to continue to be committed to. It's not something like I, I I never, I think I told you this last time, but like, I was not exposed to personal development until I became a financial advisor. And someone came into the office and sold me a ticket to the Tony Robbins event that I only went because I thought if I didn't go, then my supervisors would tell me I'm not allowed to complain anymore because I can <laughs> and I was like, but this isn't working. This is where like I was so focused on like all the negativity and what wasn't working. And then I was like, well I better go to this because they say it's going to help me. And I'm like, okay, if it doesn't, like then I can still complain. Um and if it does, then that's good too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, you can't and is amazing. I've come a long way, baby. But um, but it's a uh, it, it it's like that was the first time I was exposed to, wow, like I can create my own destiny. I control my life. I really did not know that. Like, and so now, you know, after whatever, I don't know how long it's been 15 years, 20 years, almost where I've been exposed to that. I'm like, It's so obvious to me. And the law of attraction is not like a belief. It's a fact. Like all that stuff to me now is very obvious. Like being able to grow a business, like there are things that you need to do. That's not, it's not, you know, optional. You have to be willing to stretch outside your comfort zone. You have to do things. You have to take risks. Like you got to do things that you are, I mean, constantly uh, like afraid of like all the time. And, and it's hard to believe, like I entered entrepreneur, entrepreneurship as a financial advisor, not knowing I was becoming an entrepreneur, thinking I was just like gonna, you know, get commissions and kind of make the money I wanted to make, but truly like you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur and like, you have to be willing to play the part. Um, but once I realized that, like I assumed like now, like I said, the years later, I assume everybody knows that, but I don't think they do. I, I think it's like, we all get lost in and, you know, the circumstances, and that's another thing, um, Jennifer Hooty said, I think she quoted Mary Morrissey. She said, um, uh, hold the vision, not the circumstance. Well, the vision, not the circumstance, because like you said, like there's, there's always going to be things and it's going to be how you react to it or don't react to it. That's going to determine essentially your life today and yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. So Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all that. And I think if you're like Tony Robbins says, if you're not growing, you're dying. Like we have to continually work on ourselves. And I remember when I did hire that prosperity coach, I was like, I know, like I was having challenges in the business, just like constant, you know, running, we still have a lot of those challenges, (laughs) a lot of running and a lot of like, you know, push, 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 instead of just like, Oh, things are just working. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we can talk about my problems later, but, <laughs> um, but I really, I hired her thinking like, I know if I just improve myself, my business, like I'll improve my business and everything will start to come together. And I'm still on that path and definitely not perfect. Um, I just had this event and this woman said to me, cause she saw one of my social media posts where I was, I went Facebook live a couple of years ago, I think it was. And I was like in the closet crying because I took, I was like crying, like, not just like, Oh, I'm a little sad. It was like, I made a financial mistake and lost like $60,000. And I Got was it. Yeah, like, that would I'm like be when I'm crying moment. this bad, I'm going to like get my phone out and like actually tell the world instead, because I've learned vulnerability actually is going to help someone. And she said, that was what made her decide to end up like coming back and working with me and all that, which is really cool indicator. But anyway, like, I just feel like all these challenges are just like part of the gifts to become the person you're meant to be, to attract what you want. And if we stay on that path, like I said, like you're going to have everything you want. Will it come when you want it? Probably not. <laughs> you
1: got more to learn. Or maybe it'll come in three weeks before you, you may able to it come in three weeks. Possible. Faster than you thought. So. Exactly. It, yeah. but, that, I think that's very, but I think that's very true, Robin, because, you know, for me, I, you know, I was a landmark for a long time. I always had an entertainment company. I managed actors. I had a nonprofit. I worked in the community, blah, blah, blah. But when I left landmark, it was really like, okay, what am I going to create right now? And I didn't know I was, and this is a year ago. And I said, you know, I could do nothing. I could, you know, just trade stocks. I could uh, write a book. I could, and I let myself, you know, spend three months in nothing. So that I had some detach like an experience of detaching from my 30 year career, my life's work. Right. And in that space, I was like, I love designing programs. I want to empower people to be unmessable with, I'm going to run with this. And that was the whole thing. And so in the last year, I've created all of this and it's just got a life of its own at this point. It's organically happening. It's all, but it's all my creation. I thought I was going to semi-retire. I've never been busier in my life than I am now, but it's all what I'm creating. So it's like a joy, you know, but, and I think for uh, women and for people, but especially for women reinventing themselves, I meet so many women, you know, over 40 that are like, I don't want to be stuck in what I've been doing all this time, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's their job, their company, they want to start a new vision. And people have have to develop a muscle to invent themselves newly. And that's that space of creation. That's why I'm so committed to people developing that muscle, because you can use it in anything.
0: Yeah. And and that's also what I. Like, that's like the first step is like the space, because if you don't have, if you have so much noise, you don't have the space, like you can't, you can't create it. So that's a good reminder for me because I am, I'm going to put some more time towards my vision and creating this because I, I just finished my event. I have a little space. I'm going to use it.
1: Good. Yeah. No, use this. Listen, before you can create anything, you got to create nothing.
0: I love it. That's a good quote. Put that one on social media. Um, Awesome. And you reminded me of one more thing. Because if you like this stuff and talking about uh, becoming a growth junkie, well, you can go to um, podcast episode one hundred and three. It's called "Become a Growth Junkie" with (laughs) Emily Ranson. And so anything along these lines, you can go back into our podcast if you like this mindset stuff and get some extra, extra tools. Uh, So tell them where to find you and get all those the free stuff because that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, it's the art of being unmessable So that's the website, and you can get everything there.
0: Awesome. The art of being unmessable Okay, cool. And If you haven't watched the original episode, I believe it's episode 134. So go back to the original episode to hear a little bit more about the girl band, boy crazy and all the stuff, good stuff we talked about. We did talk about the energy and I was talking about the reaction and not reacting. Yeah, I think you were having a printer
1: issue that day. Oh yeah. The (laughs) printer
0: issue. Oh, that's been resolved. We bought a new printer, like a a nice one. And yeah, that was, that was, that was not best use of my time. Um, Okay. But thank you for joining us. And we'll see
1: you you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.